0: <laughs> to be fair, if animatronic was against vaccines, I'd be a total anti-vaxxer. <laughs> 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 if she told me that you shouldn't take it, I'd be like, Anna, Fine. you got this, babe. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm with you.
2: <laughs> You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about.
1: Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Ah, oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh reductive. Hello! And welcome to Big Diva Energy, the podcast for and about fabulous people being fucking extralent. I'm Holly Morgan and my husband Tom, he's also here.
0: I don't feel like dancing.
1: Really? Well yeah, we'll soon. That's a full Deborah Maiden there. <laughs> I think you will. When we slide slinkily back into our deep diva into the sublime Jake Shears of Scissor Sisters don't give yourself sibilance Holly if you can't say it.
0: Better than plosives which yeah. you also famously struggle with <laughs> so if you've not listened to part one and you want to hear three people having a collective breakdown snib back to our last episode
1: and at the risk of triggering severe PTSD for him we are joined again by theatre maker, comedian, performer, Miss Attitude Will Jackson
2: Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much I know my therapist said not to come again but I was just, I was just so excited to see someone who wasn't my dog say who we are (laughs) look
1: they defined
0: Stockholm Syndrome for you
1: (laughs) (laughs) we had to go through a lot of red tape to get him back but thank you very much for taking the time just taking some chill outs whenever you need them we
0: have a court case in process for the (laughs) NHS which is obviously not the the best time
1: (laughs) they're busy
0: I don't think so I think they've got time to deal with this
1: is it recording? (laughs) (laughs) I am a
2: professional, no matter how many takes this needs, we will get it right, I don't care we're here all night,
1: we're going to get those beats where they land <laughs> get... it... oh, no! It's actually no, not we... recording on Zoom it's...
0: <laughs> No, but it's recording through the, don't worry, it's recording through the recorder I want, to...
1: I want double, I want double indemnity, I don't even know if that's what that means but I want double, <laughs> two things doing thing thing it's Definitely not what that means I don't
2: care <laughs> Okay, Okay. I found my picture with Jake Shears, if that (gasps) helps.
1: Okay, amazing. I got you on Facebook, don't I? (laughs) I think it will. You do? I think it will.
0: Oh, God, it's not recording. Quick, send me a picture of you with Jake Shears.
2: (laughs) I don't know much about tech ever since I failed that second year module. But But what I do know, if I just send funny pictures to my lecturer over Zoom, it might work.
1: Incredible. Well, um, uh, we know how to use Facebook, so do send her over. Okay, let's have a
2: look.
1: Now, the billing that we had for this picture, wasn't, it wasn't the best one of Jake. I'm going to... I see where it. you're coming through on that. Will looks fabulous.
2: I look... <laughs> i i also got another one with courtney act oh. that i look less like because it's one of these meet and greet things yeah where you just you're on a conveyor belt you're like hoping for the best like <laughs> yeah you're not that at least one of you won't turn out like a dog dad and i was pretty <laughs> pleased with this but yeah
0: excellent so right Jake looks like someone spiked him
1: jake looks uh, yeah it, it has a meerkat-esque quality um will is rapping for trans rights in his t-shirt because absolutely wonderful and just looking stunning and Jake in comparison I'm not gonna lie he does look like you're sort of
2: you're it so- looks a bit I kind of love it because it looks like Jake is a fan happy it to does. Me. it's
1: exactly <laughs> what it looks like he looks like your sort of country cousin that's like I, I sure am glad to meet you <laughs> he's got this I mean a great moustache probably in the right angle but yeah it's not the best one of Jake
0: yeah it looks like it might be Birmingham Pride but for Birmingham Alabama <laughs> And you've gone down there from New York (laughs) to visit your family.
2: (laughs) Your long lost cousin.
1: (laughs) It's me, Jake. I actually can't
2: believe we weren't recording then. That's so funny.
1: (laughs) We were recording. We we weren't double recording.
2: triple recording we're double recording it's like when you wear three condoms just to be safe exactly
1: (laughs) we're completely numb from the waist down for this record guys
2: comfortably numb am I right oh
1: well done thanks you should do a podcast I'm trying (laughs) so shall we just the feedback from our last episode James Roland is obsessed with it (laughs) he
0: listened to it I think he's listened to it three times now (laughs) But he definitely listened to it twice Once when he was in the shops And once when he got back from the shops Because he
1: thought it deserved to be listened to twice Because we recorded it twice It's only if, fair If you haven't listened to part one You've got to go back and listen to it At least once <laughs> Feel free to go to God knows game. we
0: did
2: they to set up a little Facebook group re- for fans. So, you know, once you're on your third, fourth listen, feel free to join. Exactly. And really analyse the nuance going on in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Postmodern masterpiece. It is postmodern. It's like Ulysses. They'll do modules on it in English literature degrees. <laughs> Ulysses of podcasts. <laughs> well, it's it's incoherent. <laughs> and, and quite the people in it are quite drunk. And so. it's very long. <laughs> <laughs> Unlistenable. <laughs> it doesn't start with
0: someone having a shed,
1: <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, lovely. Well, are we? Are we? Are you okay? <laughs> just blink twice if you need help.
2: and <laughs> just happy to be here. <laughs> it's terrifying.
1: Nothing says happy to be here like preceding that phrase with deep, heavy panting
2: and <laughs> <Not> blinking. <laughs>
1: happy to be here.
0: Heavy breathing through gritted teeth and no blinking. <laughs>
2: I am the only person in this room, and I am here at my well.
0: Is that I am here at my wall? I'm oh, sorry, that's a, that's a typo.
1: <laughs> oh well, let's do this. We're going to take you back to 2004. <laughs> That's what we could do now with the power of our postmodern podcast. Uh, the year that Scissor Sisters it's it's not good if you can't do your essays, and I do struggle.
0: Especially is because you made a really you made a real meal of the fact that they're not called the Scissor Sisters last episode. And since you said it, you must have used it three or four times.
2: <laughs> like if in that we can just call them dead lesbian, which is what they originally was. I was it
1: think Ooh. it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or just the sisters. Maybe I'll do that. The year that the sisters became and then I put a there in. doesn't work.
0: And it's not sisters. Or is it... Sis- s- yeah. It's sisters. It, a, that is to a The Pointer
2: Sisters <laughs> were founded in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> the sugar
0: babes are a band. <laughs> hmm.
1: Let me take you back to... two thousand four. we is wrong with you, you Will? Why do you induce psychosis in me? I just love you so much. I get too excited. Right. 2004. The year that the... S- 2004, the year that Scissor Sisters became the biggest band in the world. Well, in the UK. Uh, And how did they do it? Hard fucking graft. They hammered the UK touring market. Will, hard relate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Quart Village Hall was never the same (laughs) after the Scissor Sisters debut there. (laughs)
1: An early gig saw Baby Daddy, <laughs> Jake Shears, an animatronic in the back, of the, in the in the Corn Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm, I'm sure. I don't think it was that different though. From what i from the research I've done, they were literally going to proper spit and sawdust. I heard were a skiffle band. Dying.
0: One of them just had a, what's it called? A washboard.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the other one just
0: had a couple of bits of rope tied to an upright base. Yeah,
1: yeah but they were really, they did go. They, they were in Norwich. They were in Peterborough. They, I'm just naming places on a train line near Cambridge. <laughs> just naming
0: places now that, fingers crossed, none of our listeners live in.
2: <laughs> As they're apparently examples I'm of nowhere. I'm not
1: saying they're shit, I am saying. <laughs> the <laughs>
2: road to stardom. Absolutely. So future stars listening, that's the route to go. It's that East Anglia train line. Exactly. exactly. The East Anglia class.
0: train line follows the exact journey of Dick Whittington into London. <laughs> it
1: does. And thus to fame. <laughs> Your bit. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you
0: were actually talking to Will about regional touring or not. <laughs> we went to Billingham once
1: yeah we did go to Billingham. I don't think they went to Billingham. Have you been to billingham?
2: <laughs> who's she <laughs> She's in the north oh okay no i've I've mainly been midlands and sort of south southeast. Mm. um uh but yeah oh gosh they they worked so hard on that because they because I think we've had the luxury of our tours are in buildings yeah. on the whole yeah and I've only been to a few festivals as a participant rather than an yeah. artist, but like I imagine the actual conditions of that so must grueling. be so, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And just another one after another, yeah. And it's also like touring in a country which isn't your home country mm. and also being the band that they were, <laughs> like it must have been, they must have got some pretty hostile receptions, I imagine, from, yeah, I'd a couple say of less, in, less
0: from the like performance aspect and more from like the the day around. before like yeah when you arrive in Billingham yeah <laughs> and then you're wondering and you're Jake Shears <laughs> yeah. and you're wondering and you're like gonna go and get a Greg's like <laughs> before the show <laughs> and you're just stood in the queue waiting for your steak bake <laughs> <laughs> with like pvc up to the eyeballs yeah
1: Jake if you're listening can you confirm what your Greg's order would be please oh yeah interesting that's something we need to know a really good one let's reach out what- <laughs>
2: What about so you, Lady Gaga to Aldi and then <laughs>
1: take, take, <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake Shears,
0: Shears to, Greg. to Greg's. I bet Jake, Jake Shears has been to Greggs.
1: I bet she has. Whereas
0: I don't think Gaga's ever been to Aldi.
1: No, not yet, but she will. Also, in the, in the context of, like, we're talking about 2004, this is pre-Gaga, and I know that sounds a bit, like, basic to be like, it's before Gaga, but, like...
0: <laughs> Coming from you? No, not really. <laughs>
1: But Gaga is often, I think, seen as a bit of a cultural watershed in terms of people using performance art elements. But the Mm. Scissor Sisters were doing it in the really early noughties and often doing it to a rock crowd as well. So, like, I bet there were some absolute scenes (laughs) in some places.
2: It's interesting, though, because even though they were that, They were, it was such a watershed moment in terms of they, as a sort of group, they were. I know we had Wham, and, um, but in terms of as a group, they were the queer pop rock group. um, And, even then, yeah, even then, um, I I don't feel like dancing. From the moment it came out, every wedding it would be on at the dance section afterwards. They, they, even if the lyrics, even some of the songs where the lyrics are so, Filthy, yeah. Uh, they they really manage to sneak in there because it's the it just so good, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a classic nana pointing song for a wedding disco, isn't it? Oh, I love this one. I'm dun, up. Because <laughs> it, it rem- Elton John.
0: Yeah, and it sits in a category I think for a lot of Nanas and stuff with like Elton John, Abba. Yeah, that's so it's got that sort of vibe to it,
2: hasn't it? Yeah. But because it's got that grime underneath it, I think that's what made them so six... Not grime, but kind of that that. Uh, hardness yeah and kind of the rock underneath it because that's what made it just not feel because in 90s, we're talking s club we're talking yeah what's left of steps and they really were a lot like the i I'll, I'll always listening to reach for the stars but this had so much more weight to it yes which is why it kind of lasted and had the trajectory it yeah, did. it, didn't yeah. fit,
0: it was very poppy but it didn't feel like manufactured pop which is what we absolutely were being- yeah, we were being covered We've, in at the time. On
1: that hand and on the other hand, it was like it was the strokes and the white stripes, which is all
0: bands boy white boys, boys with, guitars. with
1: guitars, yeah. And yeah. that's something as well, like how meteoric the rise of <laughs> <laughs> The Ring of Jake Shears' band <laughs> The band of which Jake Shears is a member. Uh, their rise was so meteoric that like the strokes were Jake was serving members of the Strokes in cafes and then Next year was on the like was on the touring circuit with them and like a okay, contemporary yeah. of them. It, it was like properly when they came over here, it just went mad. Did
0: Albert Hammond Jr. recognise him or something? It was like, "Oh, you made me a latte two weeks ago."
1: <laughs> it was Nick Morietti actually who I was obsessed with. Oh, he was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cherubek, he was. Oof. yeah yeah, bet. <laughs> God, How I are know, you, which Tom? One that is. <laughs> Trying to
0: work out which which one of strokes that could have been. Guitarist. Right. I just, yeah, fair enough. Oh. Anyway, no one was interested in them in the States. So they signed to a British label and concentrated on cracking the UK. Jake recalls, at the start of 2004, we were put up in an amazingly posh pad in Marlebone, central London. That's right, American listeners.
1: Marlebone. Not Mary LeBone. Or Marlebone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and you're doing well if you're on the top of the Monopoly board, aren't you?
1: Exactly, exactly. yeah.
2: Solidly was...
0: in the yellows and the browns. We're put up in a very posh place on old Kent Road. <laughs> Uh, this is in central London, anyway. For those that don't know, and we threw a big party at which Pete Burns, which, in case you also don't know, is the dead or alive singer, absolute icon, showed up looking fabulous. He pulled me aside to give me advice about the industry while everyone else got sourced and trashed the place. Not for the first time, as we saw in part one, <laughs> that Jake is getting the seal of approval from the gay mafia.
1: <laughs> essentially, it's the Forrest Gump experience again. It's like, unbelievable.
2: Hello, I've just. I love in. that the game. I love that the. Gay Mafia enter the room just to the Adams Family theme music. <laughs> 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 In their <pinstripes>. Incredible.
1: Oh. <laughs> Freddie
2: Mercury is Gomez.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: I'm just trying to think of people with mustaches. Or oh, Jake now.
1: Yeah, Jake. That's Jake. why Jake
0: grew the tash because he's the head of the Gay Mafia now. Because <laughs>
1: now he gets to be the godfather. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's the marlon
0: brando now yeah. he's the vita corleone
1: he's the gay father oh pete burns r.a.p
0: yeah
1: when did she die was that last year
0: Everything feels like last year.
1: (laughs) What is time? Uh, We should definitely do an episode on Pete Burns.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Planning Mm. on it. That's my karaoke song.
1: It is, isn't
0: it? Uh, Spin me round like a record. I don't actually know what it's called.
1: The fact you don't know it very well when you're sober does say quite a lot about your performance when
0: you're very, very drunk. (laughs) You don't need to know it if you're doing karaoke. The words are on the machine. You know, it's just like the West End. It Holly. is
1: the noise are on the machine. They write them on the bottom of the barricade. Just
0: because we don't all know seven and a half minutes, of, it's all coming back to me now. So you can present it to half drunk crowd in Portugal. When I say half drunk, I mean twice as drunk as they were every other night. Unbelievable! I don't know what it's called because it's because the 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 actual name of the song is quite. It's like spin yeah. me round Some brackets bracket. like a record, yeah. but it's not actually the lyrics to the chorus.
1: Yeah, I think it's use I think you spin me round brackets like a record.
0: Yeah, because the because the chorus is you spin me round baby right, and then right round baby Kesha, right round like a record baby round round.
2: And then when Kesha did the kind of, it was just called right round.
1: Ah, <gasps> oh,
2: yes. I think really.
0: Yes,
1: oh, yeah. good reference. All the more
0: confusing. Yeah, Kesha, truly the Pete Burns of the <laughs> 2010s, the Lady
2: Diana of our time. <laughs> people's princess (laughs) live for a bit of cash yeah
1: um so in january 2004 they played comfortably numb on top of the pops uh jake was in purple leather patchwork dungarees uh little more than a year before they'd been singing in dingy clubs in new york at 2 a.m so a like the brass bollocks to take on this song and b i mean what a meteoric rise to fame and I wonder if... Are we too old and too established to become an overnight sensation? Established?
2: <laughs> I I agree. I, I haven't gained a cult academic following just purely from the last recording. We <laughs> yeah. um, might a be Facebook too group. established.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think that's... Now we're part of the establishment. I think we <laughs> fucked it for ourselves. We can't yet become an overnight sensation. Damn
2: it. I think we, we're still in the running for an OBE. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Our contribution has been as valid as Joe Wicks' this lockdown. I think so.
0: <laughs> so much of Joe Wicks' contribution was part of ours as well.
1: <laughs> but you, Don't tell the people how many we have. How many Joe Wicks books we have? Mm. All of them. Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: there we go, it's out. I'm going to cut that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I just like to take... Taking on Comfortably Numb. We were talking about it earlier because you were like, is that the Pink Floyd song? And it's like, yeah, it is. Mm. It, in <laughs> Trying all to but explain, Because the
0: only bit that I remember from that song because I don't really know it very well is just the comfortably numb. <laughs> and I was like, I don't hear that in the song. No. So therefore, is it the same song?
1: It's so much better. It's such a better song. It's just a
2: disco version of a dirge. Yeah. Mm. It's great. It's interesting, the idea of this overnight success because mm. I think for us in Britain, yes, yeah. they were and but they talk uh, jake talks about it in his book they yeah. had another contract that fell through with someone else yeah. like they had been going at it for years and i think there was at one point where they even tried to come to europe before they got the marley flat where it was close to falling through as yeah. well yeah and i it's so it's so interesting how we absolutely obsess over we and there are so many of them were like there's that play or that show or that band or that song and we're like oh my gosh they just came out of nowhere yeah no talent no grass. yeah exactly um, what a fleek. Or no, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily what a fleek, It's obviously brilliant, but it's it for them. It was such a, it was so. They had no idea they were giving up all that they had in New York for just such a big risk that could have been yeah nothing. Yeah, but even what we were saying earlier about the touring, just they, it was an overnight success because they toured the whole of the United Kingdom in the space of about two months. Yeah. That's Insanity. outrageous. That's
1: crazy, isn't it?
2: But they playing every I mean I've made that yeah. figure up that's not an actual statistic. <laughs> but it sounds <laughs> it sounds like it could be true. I, yeah. I think
1: it was something similar cuz like the burnout that he experiences is 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 real like it <laughs> they, they work were they worked their asses off and in that period when they like they recorded the video for Comfortably Numb and then go to another gig and then he ends up like coughing blood and stuff. Like it, they, they get, it's really quite dark how overworked they are on that You said first. they did the
2: video for Laura as well while they yeah. were on that tour, right? Mm.
1: Yeah, they did both Because wasn't
2: comfortably number one in the swimming pool. That's
1: the swimming pool one, yeah. So
2: did they all nearly get hypothermia, like a yeah. picture of Ophelia?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all got flu. Like it's just, that's what I like about that. They're kind of like refreshingly like normal, like <laughs> like th- this is a story that we know about them. I'm just I'm just quite into that.
2: Yeah. I think with a lot of these things, we're like, fuck it. Yeah, it'll be cool. And not really think through, oh, actually, yes. we will probably get hypothermia and really be ill for a bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you just say yes to stuff. Like, I've, you know regional, the regional touring circuit again <laughs> like, even when we were doing we did a number one tour together and even that is booked completely erratically isn't it you're like oh yeah. well we're in um, Glasgow this week and next week we'll be in um, Cornwall and then we're back up yeah. to go to Durham the week after we, like,
0: we did Liverpool Brighton Manchester I remember
1: yeah like what's the bloody point in that yeah
0: half an hour up the road to Manchester it's yeah. insane yeah
1: so tour bookers get a get a map <laughs>
0: there you go tour bookers get a map get a map tour bookers get a you know life first. get a get life a get a map get a life what do you do <laughs> nothing apparently because their industry has been decimated
1: <laughs> right I think we're, we're punching down the wrong people aren't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: exactly despite the music press's determination to lump them in the sisters that is with Fisher Spooner Peaches and Lady Tron as electro clash due to their 80s dance Danceateria. dance mm-hmm. is that where you eat when you're in a club
1: no it's it's a club <laughs> <laughs> From New York in the 80s. <laughs>
0: sure. danceateria aesthetic. Comfortably numb exemplifies the fact that musically they are more kindred spirits to 70s, disco, glam and pop rock. Yeah. I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, because th- we're going to see this a lot, I think, that because they have a a, a glam, a trash glam aesthetic, mm. people keep going, oh, you must be a dance band. And they, they do like as we move on they become more dancey but actually there's a really strong vein of kind of rock and pop in their DNA 100% yeah
0: it sounds. yeah the, that first album we listened to this morning it just sounds like Elton John meets George Michael with a bit of like maybe Queen I don't know but like maybe yeah I think
2: Queen's a really good child that's yeah, that definitely Queen that, in that. There. it's the drum drums in there and yeah. the yeah, yeah. It.
1: and then it, it moves on it becomes more like New Order and a little bit of um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood and stuff. Their influences are quite varied. Broad. They are evident, I would say, like that. that yes. They. What Mary
0: I... is literally an Elton John song. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't feel like dancing is is literally. What did I say this morning? No,
1: so, Elton John. <laughs> oh no, it was the one
0: before it. There's another track. I can't remember what it's called, but it sounds like he Jake Shears even sounds identical to George Michael on it.
1: Mm.
2: There's uh, and then it's interesting how it kind of goes along because then you have. Um, the third album, which was, we'll get to it later. Yeah. and feel free to. Don't to. Um, <laughs> uh, the third album is got it is just like sex, Berlin, yes. gay nightclub poppers, uh, and then the fourth one you almost see like okay, it's a bit Swedish house mafia, a bit yes. more clubby, uh, in a more conventional sense. Yeah, really... yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe they liked that stuff as exemplified by their aesthetic but yeah. they didn't want to make that stuff necessarily at the time but they then came around to it later and like yeah. maybe influences because they were I don't know I'm speaking on their behalf but like maybe they were they had those influences or that that idea that they were lumped in with Fisher Spooner and mm. stuff like pushed on them so they purposely pushed that Style of music yeah. away until they were established enough that they could basically be like, We also love that music. Yeah, so, yeah. and they did
1: come from that scene, exactly. like they, they yeah, were yeah. mates with them and stuff. But
0: it might be also just very canny. It's like you're more likely to get into the charts by sounding like Elton John than you are by sounding like Fisher Spooner. Well,
1: that's why Take Your Mummer is probably still on the Radio 2 rotation, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. And exactly. Probably and the Sex disc- and
1: Violence off the third record, not so much. <laughs> yeah. But it is banging. <laughs> <laughs> So the debut album Scissor Sisters came out in February 2004 and ended the charts at number 11 over here. Uh, they played a show a week later at the Scala in King's Cross, which was, to use Jake's words, energetic and somewhat wonky, at which the editor of the Observer Music magazine pulled him aside and said, you've got a great band, but you're going to have to get tighter. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. So they took it to heart and they tore their guts out to the point where at one stage, Jake, as you said, was coughing blood and got an eye infection and had to wear an eye patch on stage. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, right? Had
0: to! <laughs> Had to wear an eye to, patch. I
1: question that hat too. Yes.
0: Had an eye patch.
1: <laughs> and I think developed a persona to go with it for a couple of shows because why not? Look, the if pirate you're touring Ken.
2: to the pirate ship at Legoland Windsor, you've got to meld your aesthetic around it.
1: <laughs> dress for the occasion. Dress yeah. for the for the background. Yeah,
0: I didn't mention that the two dates on that particular part of the tour were Windsor and Land's End. <laughs> it was just, a, just the whole Cornwall section of the tour. <laughs>
1: I love it. Have you been to the Scala?
0: No, I've been past it a lot. Oh, I have. I saw a band called Stars, who are not unlike Sister Sisters. Oh, really? Them. Have yeah. you been
1: Will? No, Scala? I haven't. I, don't, I hope it survives the Panny day because it's an amazing historic old building. It must have been a music hall or something. But you can get proper up close with the, with the band. Yeah. I wish I'd been at that gig, even if it was apparently a bit wonky. Yeah. <laughs> like It would have been, yeah, I was propositioned for sex there as a child. So, is that weird how things stick in your memory? <laughs> like, it's weird isn't it how that stuck whole, in your memory.
2: Isn't it how bizarre how just moments of trauma yeah, uh, I know. resurface just
0: like
1: in your I daily know. life? It's because King's Cross was obviously the red light district um, and I was out there as like a 15 year old and this guy tried to pick me up and t- find out my price. Um, Don't need to include that on the podcast. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just be safe kids be safe out there uh so their first massive gig was supporting duran duran on tour and at Wembley. And it was around about this time they got the phone call from elton's people wondering if they'd like to open for him in june i mean can you can you imagine getting that call being like hi i'm elton john's pa people <laughs> i'm elton john's people um david I'm, furnish I, I'm his people, David Furnish. Uh, will you <laughs> and, and just just to be like just to be like you're known to us. Not to offer to, to tour with him or anything, just like, Hello, we're Alton John's people. It's the gay mafia, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We
2: know you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you think about that in terms of mafia, like imagine all the mafia films, like yeah. that is something that the mafia would do. They would just yeah. some person that you don't recognise would just show up at the back of your show and then just be like, just so you know, um, which are aware of where you live. Yeah, and then they'd leave, <laughs> and you'd be like, exactly. "I don't know who you work for. I don't know what I've done wrong, but now I'm terrified."
2: The <laughs> next in the day, sketch- baby daddy woke up to a unicorn's head. <laughs> <in his> head.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well they actually they actually first met at a party held by Attitude Magazine. Will, was this it during your tenure? Was this in your reign? Do you remember it well?
2: <laughs> As I descended from the ceiling, <laughs> handing out pens. <laughs>
1: Miss Attitude for Nasty, yes, thank you. Thanks again. Several sec-
2: members of the security team again questioned why I kept on attempting to enter the building. <laughs> like Derek
0: Berry and in RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas, <laughs> falling out of the sky.
2: <laughs> and they said they would drop the court case if I just left that evening. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to see much of Jacob Elton, but I had a lovely time in the kebab shop afterwards. <laughs>
1: Or G-A-Y, as it's now known.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Well, uh,
0: we're about to find out about Elton's first interaction with Jake, which may not be much of an interaction at all. But until then, let's take a quick break.
1: Who needs a we? And we're back! Excellent. So, uh, let's get into Elton. Uh, Tom, would you want to tell us how Elton... Responded to seeing them play.
0: Okay. So, by Jake's account, Elton sat at the back of the attitude party, and whenever they finished a song, instead of clapping, Elton would hold his hand out, <laughs> palm facing the stage. Jake <laughs> says, I took this as a sign of approval. Afterwards, he and George and their crew came back to the dressing room.
1: George Michael, that is. So, let's just dissect this. Take <laughs> <know>.
2: the hand! Visual <laughs> medium, Molly. <laughs>
1: someone what? holding a hand up to the stage rather than clapping is it
2: like it's, it's stop yeah stop halt
1: <laughs> i've seen enough i love it look it's a look. bit
0: like it's a bit like the finger wag
1: like, cuz that's a bit like
0: don't you even try it like yeah. sort of there's that sort of like element to it when you hold up the hand it's like stop but when the stop kids you're click, brilliant
1: stop like the the clicking is like okay it's still a sound mm. like it's <laughs> This isn't taking too much energy, Elton. You don't need to just hold a palm.
2: I think he'd probably started watching Princess Diaries and stopped halfway through the hand waving lesson.
1: Good. That's and exactly so got what to the it point was. where it
2: just he's put the hand up but he's like, I know there might be a bit more, but I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm just gonna hold it here.
1: <laughs> I don't want the kids to laugh at me. This is what I'll do. I'll just I'll just hold my hand. The
0: last thing I need is for them to laugh at me. <laughs>
1: I just I love I love the regal bearing of Elton John. Yes. She knows her place. <laughs> and She knows that she can do that if she wants to. Her and George Michael just like swanning around. Yeah. Being like, of course they want to meet us. We're George Michael and Elton John. <laughs> yeah, all of
0: their songs sound like our songs. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I would be shitting a brick, wouldn't you?
0: Can you imagine? Although apparently George was a fucking darling yeah so I imagine that he was very nice I imagine that tempered the uh, interview by Elton a little bit (laughs) if you're going to be like grilled by Elton John about potentially supporting you on an next tour or something you want George Michael in the room don't you yeah
1: Elton took him by the cheeks
2: and said welcome to showbiz darling
1: Welcome to Showbiz. Welcome darling. to Showbiz. Me, Reg Dwight. Welcome
2: to the Showbiz. Oh, there have been lots of um, stories about Elton doing stuff like this. He's very much uh, like, yes. he's, even though, it, like, even George Ezra, I think he's mm. very much been like he really? listens to yeah on uh, i think george talked about it on his i don't know him i don't know why I'm <laughs> george, george george the poet <laughs> george um Different podcast. Uh, but i think elton listens to he when it, he always listens to all the big new stuff that comes out he really wants to find that new sound and i think he's very much taking a mentorship position within this industry now yeah
1: well he's always been a complete geek for stats he used mm. to, like, memorise the top 40, and he always used to, when, at the peak of his pomp, he'd have them all delivered on 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 singles. So really? He, he, yeah, he'd, he'd have all of the records of, of what was currently in the charts. So he probably still does a version of that. Yeah, I, I think, think
2: he still gets all the 40, whether yeah. it's digital or whatever, come his way. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that when an artist does that kind of thing. Because remember, yeah. we read an interview with Bruce Springsteen once. His, his son works in the music industry, yeah. so he makes him mixtapes of, like, whatever they're sort yeah. of listening to at the time. So. So even though he's like 70 odd years old he's got his finger on the pulse yeah. of like not even just like what's in the charts but like what's what's cool. Yeah. Which I think is really great. And like yeah. for Elton to like want desire to be not even if it's it might be an obsessive thing but also like to want to know what's happening yeah. around you to want to, to love music so much that you want to know what quote unquote the kids are listening to
1: yes exactly
0: it's great I don't think it I imagine you could probably spin that to be like oh god alright granddad." like mm. but it's not I think there's
2: really- a real uh, leg up in that Wait, it's the same way that the three of us sit down every week and listen to the most dysfunctional podcast episodes yeah society to <laughs> exactly exactly exactly
1: well it's the
0: same way that we sit down every week and record the same podcast yeah and- <laughs>
2: Hello, we love this new sound you guys are doing. Have you tried re-recording it seven times <laughs> and then picking the most desperate sounding one,
1: <laughs> and then releasing that to the world
2: forever? No. Well, you should. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right, okay. All right, all right.
2: And then we squeeze their faces through Zoom and say, "Welcome to Showbiz." <laughs> Welcome to podcasting. Welcome to podcasting. I'm out and jump. <laughs> Like what? <laughs>
1: but there's also obviously there's the there's the the fact that as a an elder gay statesman he is seeing Jake Shears and being like come under the fold. Um, and sp- spoiler alert: when Jake is depressed and experiences creative burnouts, after um, Elton, <laughs> I love this, closed down an entire Dior shop <laughs> and bought him the complete collection.
0: <laughs> show, hmm? show, not sharp. Closed down a show.
1: No, it is shop. I think it was a show. What?
0: As in they'd done the show and he went like, that's it. Everyone go home. I think it's a shop. Really?
1: Either one is fabulous. (laughs) Your one is insane.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cancel this Dior fashion show. (laughs) Jakey and I are going shopping.
0: I'll buy it all. I know it's not a shop,
1: but I'll buy it all. (laughs) I've decided it's a shop and Jake wants all of it. (laughs) Christian,
2: I love your shop. I he want it He his face Welcome to showbiz
1: <laughs> We're very busy Welcome to showbiz How did John um, become fagin? <laughs> <laughs> my boys, my he, boys.
2: Gets, <laughs> he, he doesn't pay for food anymore He just goes into Tesco Makes social distancing guidelines And squeezes their face Welcome to showbiz And then grabs this meal deal And gets out of that
1: <laughs> I would love that But it's Fortnum and Mason's Yeah <laughs> Oh, it's happened again. Why why, why hasn't this gone to the till? Elton John came in and welcomed me to showbiz and I had to give him all the, all the quail's eggs.
2: We got a picture of his face up. You're not allowed to do this anymore. <laughs> we got a picture of Elton John behind the behind the till.
1: Like he's in Cambridge. Do
2: not serve this <laughs> man. Such a niche, Robbie. So niche.
1: <laughs> it's a kebab shop in Cambridge where you can get your picture taken. <laughs> There we go <laughs> Sure <laughs> Anyway
0: <laughs> They followed a career Indeed life defining Glastonbury weekend The band played Two rapturously received sets On one day And then spent the whole weekend Hanging out in lost vagueness It culminated with The classic Glastonbury sunrise To quote Jake As we watched the sunrise That morning By the stone circle I knew that I was A changed person A small rivet Had been carved Into what makes up Who I am
2: Well we well, Glastonbury... all had A little rivet carved In ourselves have <laughs> At Glastonbury At the
1: Stone Circle I am a changed person I will never be the. This is the defining moment Of my I wonder if Jake Shears Would still feel The same way about this it's
0: I was just, wondering I wonder if Jake Shears was On drugs n- No
1: At Glastonbury In 2004 A,
0: a pop star <laughs> No <laughs> They're upstanding citizens What are you talking He'd about he just
1: been welcomed to showbiz He had many more Important <laughs> things to worry about As
0: if Elton John Would let him do drugs <laughs>
1: Actually, she is very hard on it these days. Well, I imagine she is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she was hard on it in those days. I know.
1: She's quite, <laughs> if you read the book, she's always trying to, like, oh God. And I was trying to get so-and-so off drugs and they got bored of me. <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Elton, it's fine. It's just your bed. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, nah. nah, nah, no. Drugs. Uh, <laughs> no drugs for you, Jake.
1: Have you, have you done Glastonbury, Will? Have you had a Glastonbury? You can ask
2: a Have question. you
1: done drugs, Will? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I, I've not done uh, Glastonbury. I went to Leeds 2011.
1: Mm, I used to so do basically
2: this. the same thing. Very, uh, smugs,
1: very similar. <laughs> much much dirtier, Reading and Leeds, than Glastonbury. Much more sort of raw.
2: Yeah, we, yeah, there was. Uh, it's the sort of place where you'd see Prodigy and Tim Minchin in the same night. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: I think Ellis James tells a story about going and seeing the Arctic monkeys, and then when he turned around, all the toilets were on fire.
1: Yeah. I remember being at Reading in probably about this year, actually, probably about 2004, 2003, and watching someone go into a Portaloo and seeing their friends upturn the Portaloo with the person inside it. Oh. <sighs> now, you don't get that at Glastonbury. They aren't poor And they are... don't have the upper body strength. <laughs> it's too much lentils. <laughs> Couldn't possibly even dream of it. It's just, they, no, they just have trenches for your shit. I'm sure oh, there are some poor to God. I, I went like on either side of a decade. I went in like 2004 and, and 2014. Right. And I wish I'd only gone in 2004 <laughs> because I think it has to be a very certain part in your life. <laughs> and I'd, not, you know, not for maturity or whatever, but just I wasn't at that part of my life. <laughs>
0: I have never been, and for people that know me, they would understand. I can't think of anything worse yeah. than Glastonbury. <laughs> it's like it's like invented to make I know me people sad. Who
2: yeah. were uh, fixating about going to things like Burning Man, yeah, and Coachella, and I could just imagine the only thing worse than because, like, there are lots of great parts of these festivals, obviously, but like th- there are the worst things about it. But can you imagine that, but with no water?
1: No, and. Oh. No. Awful. Awesome. No. Yeah, Burning Man sounds like genuinely like uh, I'm about to make a, a, a Christian allusion, but like Jesus in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and he did it because he—I can't remember why he did it. But I'm sure there was some reason. Like, why would you do it voluntarily? No, I don't know. Well, JVN <laughs>
2: just kicked him out of the last supper.
0: I,
1: <laughs> uh, I love
0: that bit of Glastonbury that I've always found it really interesting. I'd love to go to that where they um, they do all the things that you want to see on BBC.
1: Yes, yeah. that's, that's my favourite bit. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. They just do a highlights reel of all.
0: My friend went to Glastonbury. And he got so sick of it after Saturday that on Sunday morning they booked in at a nearby spa and we just watched Dolly on the telly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Have Put, you seen you um, Worth it. the? the new Bridget Jones movie where I think she goes there yes. and goes laughing. And it's the most inaccurate portrayal yes, like, of... Oh God, really is she glamping?
1: Yeah, she is. I, th- I think that's what I thought it was going to be the, the second time around.
0: Well, mm. <laughs> because you're older and wiser.
1: It's like, oh, it'll be fine. I will get into a special campsite where there is running water and stuff. like, no, not the case. Wake up
2: and three tents are on fire. Melton yeah. John's running past <laughs> naked saying, welcome to the <laughs> <way-based."> <laughs>
1: They just have it broadcast across across the whole campsite. Welcome to showbiz. <laughs>
0: when you come through, you get your, you get your <laughs> yeah. wristband. Welcome to showbiz. Keep moving through the doors, please.
1: M- Michael's told me that you have to leave the ground nice for the cows. All right, welcome to showbiz. Just on a loop. <laughs> this is the new campers come in.
0: <laughs> going to be, be a, in Glastonbury, not showbiz. It's
1: going to be a fallow year next year, so... Um, <laughs>
0: No heels We're going to trail Madonna But she's not going to turn up (laughs) Same as it ever was We got the Rolling Stones in again
1: Right I'm fucking off
0: (laughs) Welcome to showbiz
1: (laughs) Ah! Chris Morkabel I don't know if I'm saying that right Morkabel Morker Bell, uh, a filmmaker, and Jake had been hanging out a bit, but it was at Glastonbury that Jake realised that he was going to be a significant man in his life, the man he was going to marry. He proposed at the Las Vegas Chapel. They didn't get married, and they never did get, they didn't get married then. They didn't marry in the course of their, their 11 years their relationship. Uh, but Jake has said, I love him a lot, and he's a wonderful guy. We have a great friendship. He's the only long-term relationship I've ever had. I'll always consider him family, oh, which is nice, isn't it's it? It's very nice. Yeah.
0: So the rest of that tour and that year was essentially a victory lap. In the UK, at least. America in 2004, was not quite so ready to take a band on whose queerness was so refreshingly unobscured. Walmart, for example, banned the debut album because it included the song Tits on the Radio. <laughs> So the tits were not to be.
1: No, no tits
2: on the Walmart radio.
1: You can't say tits on the radio in Walmart, particularly.
0: Can't say tits on the radio.
1: Yeah. Uh, and here, just, here
2: we are, the three of us with our tits out recording a podcast, <laughs> and it just doesn't—it doesn't work. It I'm doesn't. Putting my shirt back on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've just been sat here for ten minutes with our baps out, no
0: one said anything.
1: <laughs> now, now I think we can all admit it's time to put our tops on. Yeah. <laughs> cool time on it. In
0: ten minutes, I've checked Twitter three times. No one said a thing. <laughs>
2: It's kind of it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit last time when mm. we all thought Trump was going to win the election. Yes, um, <laughs> um, and it it even in two thousand four, just the difference between because uh, was, this was like the towards the end of the Blair administration for yeah. us, and then Bush,
1: yeah, Jr., right,
2: yeah, just it's four more years before Obama, yeah completely different worlds and just how different the two political spectrums are in these two different countries 100
1: percent. i was just thinking about the dixie chicks like having their records burnt for saying they didn't support bush the war the the war yeah and you think like and walmart are banning tits on the red of course america wasn't ready for Scissor sisters like
0: and we were all surprised when they voted in trump yeah i mean
1: yeah it's it's, yeah we can't it's a big it's a big old place guys
0: (laughs) Broad church.
1: Broad church. Broadchurch um, We also spoke a little bit about um, about sort of where England's position where it comes to queer artists so we spoke a little bit about this last time and, and David Bowie kind of functioning as a bit of a sort of Trojan horse for a lot of traditional classic rock fans uh, British Parliament decriminalised homosexuality in 67 but that's not to say that in the early 70s when Bowie was like, first becoming famous it was totally de rigueur or even safe to be gay. Um, so Bowie in 72 told Melody Maker I'm gay, always have been even when I was David Jones. But this was whilst he was married to a woman who was pregnant with his child and obviously that doesn't mean he can't be bisexual uh, which he came out as in 77 to Cameron Crowe interviewing him for Rolling Stone however I think it does betray a certain what could be called flippancy or perhaps a justified desire not to let his sexuality and gender expression obscure the music either way it's it's a it's a completely different climate isn't it like the 70s to the 2000s Um, but I would argue that with Bowie gender expression sexuality and his music at the time were there was there was some synchronicity in terms of performance Um. But I think when Jake Shears arrives in 2004, obviously it's a completely different time. It's, you know, 67 when it's decriminalised to 2004 is huge. However, his absolute freedom and unrestraint, I don't think we can underestimate how important it was because even though everyone sort of cites Bowie as the person that did it, it's not, I don't think it's entirely uncompromised, to, to Absolutely.
2: be honest. And I think there's another element to it that um Bowie's uh portrayal could was often uh associated with like otherworldly. He yes. was almost like an alien coming yes. down. And and that he talks about that in his music. His music is creating new worlds, creating new characters and very much fiction. Whereas for the scissor sisters, um, it's celebrating the magic in every day
1: exactly so it's yeah it's
2: a very they're being very honest and upfront that that is what their music is about whereas for bowie there's almost a kind of and obviously he was leading the way but there's um again the kind of trojan horse thing of oh this is fiction yeah this is and it can be escapism for lots of people but yeah. this this isn't, this isn't real life as you know it, you shouldn't be as threatened as an external made up fantasy.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and obviously even Elton, like people will often say, oh, well, Elton John had a wife, but Elton John came out before he had a wife and then he went back in and married a lady for a bit. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's an unapologetic lived experience that Jake shares, and, and, um dal and baby daddy and, Adam, and daddy, yeah, yeah they were all they were prefer they were they were showing you a side of, of their true experience and you know the uk have, have fucked up a lot of stuff recently but in 2004 we were 100 percent on board with it we were yeah. like yeah come on over here and yeah. america not so much
0: well even in britain the rock media weren't exactly immune to homophobia no The Observer, in an article championing them as the band of the year, in 2004, also referred to them as campers, a row of tents. Pete Tong introduced them on Radio 1, saying they were cross-dressers from Japan.
1: (laughs) Which is just, yeah.
0: I mean, what does that even mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's just the rock boy, rock boy homophobia there, isn't it? Pete Tong's not a rock boy. No, I know, but... (laughs) (laughs) The campers, a row of tents thing. Pete Tong, it was actually, it was the first time they'd ever been played, he'd ever played them before, so he didn't really know what he was talking about, but do your research yeah. before you press play we read
2: at least two BuzzFeed articles exactly before recording. at least
1: I listen to my own podcast that I've previously recorded <laughs> that same year 2004 Jake, Baby Daddy and Del Marquise were honoured in Out Magazine's list of the 100 most intriguing gay people of the year. It's no Miss Attitude, but it'll do. (laughs) Attitude.
0: (laughs) Coincidentally, Attitude also named it Best Gay Album of All Time in 2006.
2: It's amazing to just see. And although we've had. Bowie and Wham, it's really just amazing to see. Um, uh, we've already talked about it, I can't remember which recording <laughs> we discussed, but um, the idea of just a collective group of queer people where yeah. it's not like, oh, we've only got space for one of you in the lineup, yeah. which you definitely happened afterwards. Um, but it, amazing just to see this kind of excellence from them being a collective synergy,
1: exactly, exactly. And I think in some ways it ends up becoming the bit of their downfall, actually, weirdly, in that, that people they say later on and the elton contributes on this being like the gay quote-unquote the gay thing got in the way which is troubling to me to think about that 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 that's how they felt about it but i guess after a while they probably probably did want to be like can we just stop talking about how we're gay (laughs) and start talking about what great music we're making and finding that uncomfortable that balance between the two well it it, it takes the, the the length of their career it takes 10 years and even now, when Jake Shears is now back as a solo artist, I imagine that it's never out of the conversation.
2: It's like how any sort of female yeah. writer or filmmaker, it's like, how does it feel to be a woman in this <laughs> industry? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or comedians, any female comedian. Can women yeah. be
1: funny? Yeah. Can gay men make rock music? Yes.
0: <laughs> Have been doing so for many years. Yes.
1: <laughs> Nevertheless, the fact remains this is. <laughs> Nevertheless. The fact shizzle. remains, the Sisters shizzle shizzle were always a bigger band here than in the States. Uh, Comfortably None was Grammy nominated for Best Dance Recording, but lost out to Britney's Toxic, which is spooky, because Will lost out to being part of his local talent show, performing to Toxic because his choreo wasn't up to scratch. So basically, you are Jake Shears.
2: Well, it's so weird how this was part of their major touring circuit. They performed <laughs> at that. That's what it was. That's why you Billy got bumped. Chance. Yeah, they were like... <laughs> your career what was it like
0: Chippenham Top Hat Factory or something I can't remember where you performed
1: or didn't (laughs) oh sorry you weren't (laughs) supposed to perform
0: where you were billed
1: they were like we've got one queer act on the bill I'm sorry we're going to take you to the sisters classic 2004
0: (laughs) that's what it was they didn't want to tell you
2: I know it's just so sad, but here we are now. And look, I'm doing the routine now for all the (laughs) listeners at home. It's flawless.
0: (laughs) Shuffling and squeaking.
2: (laughs) Is he (laughs) 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 under?
0: Faintly breathing the words.
1: Dressed as a stewardess. It's like that video.
0: Do you have the audio for when they the what's actually going through Britney's mic? Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) 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 I <laughs> She's only human She's only human
0: At the 2005 <laughs> Brits Scissor Sisters were nominated in three categories Best International Group International Breakthrough and International Album and won all fucking three The first group to win a hat-trick in international categories They also opened the awards by performing Take Your Mama on a set designed by the Jim Henson Company My favourite company It was their
2: last outing It was last <laughs> Jim Henson's <gasps> Hurrah and then they in the London branch so they were like yeah we will do Take Your Mama at the, oh, at the Brits Oh, Really? That's I didn't amazing. know was so cool and the London branch <laughs> Was
0: obviously responsible for like the storyteller, and I think they've got mm. labyrinth oh, yeah. and all that sort of late era Jim Henson stuff, the spooky stuff that That's was all really done good. in London. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool! And Dark Crystal's the new ones were, f- were filmed here, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the beginning? There's like these great big sort of human <laughs> sized Easter eggs, and Jake oh, and if, Anna burst out.
2: <laughs> if you haven't seen this, this is just one of the best short videos to ever it's watch. So right? good, isn't it? it it's it's a farmyard scene where watermelons start singing the chorus and oh it's so true. the barn that they come out of, the door starts singing. It's and, so
1: good. And yeah. Jake is immaculate. Butterscotch
0: in... leather dungaree. Oh shirtless, Peter Pan style hair and a feather bustle.
1: I mean <laughs> It's culture. It is culture. Why not? It's culture. <laughs> I mean, what if it like another victory lap? Like I'm gonna we're gonna open the Brits. And in this incredible display of flamboyance and fun and, oh, what a simpler time. Yeah,
0: my three favourite things. What? Muppets, Muppet. eggs, bustles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Meb. <laughs> so the band... I
2: know what I'm getting you for Christmas.
1: <laughs>
2: a bustle. A felt bustle.
0: A felt... In the shape of an... No, with, with eggs on it?
2: Yeah, I was thinking Darcy, but <laughs> yeah. okay. sure,
1: okay. <laughs> she needs a gig. Yeah. <laughs> so the band, are Landing, plauded after plauded in the UK and Ireland, and the album has gone platinum. But to make this happen, they basically tore their collective gentles off—an experience that Jake says he's never quite recovered from. <sighs> and during this pan, the band during this period, the band play a show in New York and find out that Bowie's in the audience. Imagine, <laughs> Imagine. that's John Lennon. <laughs> Were you, you John Lennon?
0: No, that Imagine was Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be your like? Guess who's in?
2: Prince. Oh, yeah. oh. Um, I think someone like Billy Eichner. I could oh. see definitely that would be for oh, wow. me. That would be a that would be a, and it's a bit of a niche one, but yeah. like definitely like a. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: that checks out um, as well because I definitely answered Bruce Springsteen before I thought about it. When I would not be playing a music gig, <laughs> so why would it matter if Bruce Springsteen? It's like was that there? question. Like, Whereas if yours you were, is very thought out.
2: If you were going to, if you were going to Star Is Born, who would be that celebrity? Yes, yes. they come and see you at a gig. Yeah, um, and I, I could see that there. Uh, how about you guys? What would be the Bruce Springsteen,
1: Madonna.
0: I hope. What about someone like Billy, as in, like, someone that would be. Madonna. Like, Madonna's not gonna be responsible for what happens to you. I mean, she might put you in a film. Would you wanna be in it? Yes.
1: (laughs) Imagine! Of course I would! Be everything!
0: Who'd be the celebrity though that would be like the most like sort of down the line in terms of your what you'd be doing that they'd be watching?
2: Madonna!
1: Madonna! Okay, fine. <laughs> said, I see myself as. <laughs> I've got the point. Huh? We're peers.
2: We're peers. I mean we are
1: pissed. When we were doing Madonna Whore in Edinburgh in, in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um I genuinely there was a part of my brain that was like, what if she sends someone to shut it down? <laughs> you gave out cakes on her birthday. I did give out cakes on a birthday. I did a fucking show about how great she is. <laughs> no one came to see it. <laughs> Some people came or Not Madonna.
2: Or her people. Or her people. Mm. Or most of Edinburgh. <laughs> or maybe Leah Michelle. I'm just trying to think of other great people.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I, I get... Oh, God, who do I admire?
2: <laughs> Very few people. All of my... All my Myself, <laughs> if I was in the audience.
1: Yes, exactly. I would like... Yeah, like Matthew McConaughey's office, o- Oscar speech. <laughs> my future self, my past <laughs> self, and my present
2: self. And Robert Madge. And Robert Madge. <laughs> <laughs> Was it John Barrowman who says my biggest regret is I couldn't sit in the (laughs) audience and watch myself perform?
1: I fucking love Barrowman. I've got so much time for for Barrowman. Oh, I love it. Like Sean Hayes. Oh, actually Megan Mullally I'd be really intimidated by. Mm.
2: Russell T Davies actually for me. Oh yes,
1: big, big one. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, I can't think of anything else.
2: Yeah. Maybe one of the Tully Tubbies.
1: Yes. <laughs> Tinky, Tinky <Winkie's>
2: Winky. <laughs> this oh, every The gay mafia. <laughs> <And
0: he's... laughs> <It's a> gay... <laughs> <laughs> Tinky Winky's in. Oh, shit. Tinky Winky's in. And Lynn Gardner. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> handbag in the briefcase.
2: <laughs> you won't be able to spot. You won't be able to start. And then you look in the audience and then just like, mm, say, <laughs> a And, to and it amongst the dark silhouettes, there's just the TV that's on in one of their stomachs.
0: <laughs> you're standing on stage and all you can see as an audience member is just the outline of the ring like, on the ground because it's in front of the light. <laughs>
2: <sighs> yeah, there's just is that a weird game, through the spotlight? No, it's just no. like, winky.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, book three six.
1: Oh, particularly winky. Sat in one of them. <laughs> Oh, God.
0: So Bowie wrote to Jake, but Jake struggled to know how to respond. Hi, I came to your show a few weeks ago. It sounded very good from where I was sitting. DB. DB. Yeah. The dog's bollocks. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Bowie. After overanalyzing the, the two sentences that he left, here's Jake's response. Thank you so much for coming to my show. Good tick. And he's answered the second <laughs> sentence. But I really hope at this point that we never cross paths. There's not a lot in this world I keep sacred, but I would rather you just stay imaginary.
2: You imagine if you received that email <laughs> What?
1: <laughs> Be the weird No, I get it. No, I get it, yeah. No, Be the weirdest it, yeah. thing since Elton John and welcomed you to showbiz was a message from Jake Shear so that he'd rather you stayed imaginary. <laughs> I might use that for just bills. I'm sorry, I'd rather you stayed imaginary.
0: Dear Nat West, thank you for coming to my house, but I really hope at this point we never cross paths. There's not a lot in this world that I'm afraid of, but I'd rather you stayed imaginary.
1: <laughs> oh, despite the fact that we clearly agreed these are, it's a perfectly crafted response, uh, Jake is left feeling a pallor of regret. And... and. What? <laughs> Surely not. Yes. My brush brush with him was almost too much for me. I felt like my brain couldn't cope with everything that was going on at the time. I'm happy we didn't meet at that point. I'm content with that, but I do regret and wish I could have been able to handle it better.
0: But if you want to see what he would have looked like if he had met David Bowie, please go to our Instagram and check out the photo of him with Will. (laughs) That'll give you a vibe of what he might have been worried about. (laughs)
2: He was just so excited to meet me, it and gets... I, didn't, I didn't want to let him down. But it was one of those ones where you know he was just too nervous to get anything out. It's like, do you want a potato?
0: <laughs> Dear Will, thank you for being in that photograph with me, but I really hope at this point we never cross paths again. There's not a lot in this world I keep sacred, but my appearance is one of them, and I'd rather you just stayed imaginary. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, as we mentioned
0: earlier, Jake found himself in a creative burnout, struggling to write the material for the eagerly awaited difficult second album. And just prior to going into the studio to record the tracks for the forthcoming Tada, Jake received the devastating news that his best friend, Mary, had passed away. Oh. Mary, who we mentioned in the last episode.
1: Yeah, it's really sad. It's a really sad bit in the book, isn't it? It's just it's right at the end as well, because the book ends just before it like, got the first session for Tada. And yeah,
2: have we got into the um, the specifics of because Jake uh, originally wrote Mary as a sort of apology letter and sent it on a tape for her and said send it out, and all the profits they or some of the profits towards that a big thing Mary had always wanted was a gastric band, mm. and then the uh, the the cause of death was the operation that she then had through the profits of the song to. To get what and this was an operation she'd insisted that she' always wanted to have,
1: yeah, it's really tragic, isn't it? He talks about in the book he writes about at the funeral, feeling like had the eyes of her partner and her family are on him, kind of blaming him on oh.
2: and she did say if anything happens it's, it's on it's, what it's I on want. herself, yeah, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, um, just tragic on every level, um. It's so, so sad, and and he he'd been so they've been such loyal, dear friends for such a long time, and yeah, at the end of that incredible year, for that to happen, just ugh. yeah, I,
0: it really punctures the balloon, doesn't it?
1: It does, yeah. And that's I mean, it's it's a really well crafted by um, memoir because it does have that sense, doesn't it? At the end of of just like the air coming out of it, and he's like you know he's had he's been depressed and he's been burnt out and all the rest of it but the yeah the death of mary is just like the i, I think he links it to the metaphor he, he just um got a a recording of liza with a z on vinyl and he'd been listening to it right before he heard the news and he was like it was almost like that kind of the end of cabaret when the, when the oh mm, wow yeah good god Oi oi oi. now this is more or less where boys keep swinging ends we, it ends with the first rehearsals for Tadar. So we
2: presume this is where the band splits and yes. nothing was ever. That was again. it. That was the end. So if you have any news, please <laughs> do write in.
0: Let us know what happened to the Sister Sisters. Yeah,
1: never found out. So let's leave uh, the Sister Sisters on the brink of their difficult second album, Timely, in the end of our second, much less difficult record. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. did this
2: one. Did this one definitely (laughs) record?
1: No guarantees, despite double indemnity, which doesn't mean that. (laughs) Double enmity.
2: Yeah.
1: Whatever. Double (laughs) enmity.
2: This podcast.
1: Double condoms. Basically, it's in the tank. So um, fantastic. We'll do plugs and hugs, my darling. What's what are your handles?
2: Um, You can follow me in the street or on Twitter and Instagram at at Will underscore underscore Jackson underscore underscore. It used to be Jackson 5 minus 4, but then changed it after the recent round of allegations. (laughs) Uh, um, And uh, check out Yours Sincerely and Fashion Spies, which hopefully uh, will be touring in 21.
1: Superb! Welcome to Showbiz. (laughs)
2: welcome to showbiz
1: (laughs) (laughs) amazing we hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Diva Energy if you did and you want to reach out and have a chat share your BDE stories with us maybe even your own Jake Shears related stories or just be Jake Shears or tell us which Diva means the most to you you can tweet us at Diva Energy or email us at bigdivaenergypod at gmail.com I should clarify only the real Jake Shears should get in touch not someone pretending to be Jake Shears because that would just be cruel This
0: podcast is a Dark Matters production. If you thought we were filthy gorgeous, then don't forget to like and subscribe. Alternatively, if you thought we were comfortably dumb, get get in the sea! sea. Bye! Bye.
1: Dreamy. All
0: Alright.